passion for sport. This is Cameroon Roars. It's our daily look at what's happening at the 2021 Africa Cup of Nations finals in Cameroon. And I'm Steve Vickers. Day 21 with the quarterfinals getting underway and with the Gambia hoping to continue their amazing tournament as they take on the host Cameroon. We'll be speaking to Scorpions defender Omar Kale. We are not scared uh, of, of Cameroon. We give them all respect. They have a good team, but you know we're going to go out and uh, enjoy ourselves. Yeah. That's coming shortly. Also a look at the Burkina Faso-Tunisia game. And we go into the agony of penalty shootouts and ask if there's any alternative. So the quarterfinals on today, the Gambia playing Cameroon at 16 GMT and at 19 GMT Burkina Faso playing Tunisia. Tomorrow, Egypt, Morocco and Senegal against Equatorial Guinea. It's the Gambia's biggest game ever as they continue this amazing run at the 2021 Africa Cup of Nations, now playing for a place in the semi-finals at their debut Nations Cup and as the lowest ranked of the 24 teams at the competition. Here's their Belgian coach Tom Saint-Fiet speaking after their round of 16 win over Guinea. He says he's excited to be in Cameroon because of the country's great history in African football. Uh, yes, I'm uh, very happy and very proud um it's uh, it's amazing we are in a, in a football nation i said it in the past already i was 9 years old in the world cup 1982 when cameroon played with roger milao mambique and ancono and all the big stars and that was always in my memory and now being here in that country a football country one of the biggest football nations in african football uh, and reaching to the quarter final as debutant playing cameroon in the next round that's uh, an amazing feeling now we are in the quarterfinal. Uh, we keep on dreaming. And actually, if you play quarterfinal, you want to win also. I mean, we never played to lose. And uh, we will prepare. Lucky that we have now a few days to recover. Um, and that's amazing. And uh, we're going to, on Saturday the 29th, we're going to play with all we can. No doubt they will. That's the Gambia coach Tom Sandfeet. And Mamadou Ba spoke to Scorpions defender and vice-captain Omar Kale, who plays for Sampdoria in Italy. Yeah, like you said, it's the most important game uh, in the history of German football. So, but overall, I think um, um, this whole tournament, I think every game uh, is like um, the biggest game of uh, the history of the Gambian football. So uh, obviously we are prepared, you know, since the first day, every game for us is a final. And uh, we know we, we all know how important this game is. If you win, you go to the last four of the African Cup, which will be uh, like the biggest achievement uh, of our career. So obviously, um, yeah, it's not going to be an easy game playing against the host nation. But um, yeah, we are not scared uh, of, of Cameroon. We give them all respect. They have a good team, but you know, we're going to go out and uh, enjoy ourselves. Yeah. Tell us about the team unity. We, we saw um, Gambia's strength likely has been credited to the unity within the camp. How important is that in tournament football? I mean, we are not uh, we are not the biggest country of football in Africa. If you see, we are the lowest ranking team in this tournament. Even though we have good players playing in good leagues, but still they count us as the underdogs and so. So obviously we are motivated. Um, like I said, every game is a final for us. We are motivated to be here. We made history and we want to continue uh, making history for the Gambia and also for our careers. We are one family and we are ready to fight for the Gambia. Every game is a big achievement for me. I try to do my best and uh, to help my to help the Gambia and also you know to make everyone proud of me and also to you know uh, to help my teammates as one of the experienced players. I try to do my uh, leadership role 
and uh, yeah, it's gonna be uh, it's a big big game. But for me, every game is is like it's, it's like the same. You know, there's no difference. The only difference would be the, the supporters at the stadium. But I'm used to that, so uh, I'm looking forward to this game. That's Omar Kale, defender and vice captain of the Gambia, speaking there to Mamadou Ba. Well, lots of support, of course, for the Gambia back home, but Cameroon are the favourites, the whole nation behind them in the host country. I'm joined by African football expert Ida Waringa in Nairobi in Kenya. Uh, can the Scorpions spoil the party, Ida? Steve, pretty much anything can happen at the Nations Cup. You never know, really. Uh, two very different styles of football, I will say, between uh, Gambia and Cameroon. Gambia, very defensive, as we've seen, while Cameroon always on the offense. Vincent Abubakar, one to be wary of, as we've seen so far in the tournament. As for the 12th man, as you've said, a whole nation behind Cameroon, Will this give them the edge? Maybe. But all in all, no matter the result, I think Gambia should be incredibly proud of themselves on their debut. Well, it really does look like a fascinating contest. Then the late game at 19 GMT, Burkina Faso playing Tunisia. Tunisia knocking out Nigeria in the round of 16 at a time where the Super Eagles were the tournament favourites for many. And Burkina Faso, they needed a penalty shootout to knock out Gabon. This looks like it could be a close game, Ida. This matchup is quite familiar for both countries, Steve, seeing as they faced off in the quarterfinal just five years ago. Um, that was at the 2017 Afghan. Now, Burkina Faso won that one 2-0. Looking at the current edition, despite uh, quite an uninspiring group stage, has to be said, Tunisia do actually come into this on a high, you know, and especially after eliminating potential title contenders Nigeria and doing so convincingly, if you ask me. The same, I don't think, uh, can be said for Burkina Faso. Now, they've had a really bumpy ride so far, nothing out-and-out convincing. But with that said, I mean, they're here nonetheless, you know, and... As we've said before, Steve, sometimes it's just about grinding out results. The COVID situation in the Tunisian camp has been said to be easing, so they should have several key players back. That will definitely be an advantage. Looking at Burkina Faso, 2013 finalists, let's not forget, looking to make it to the semifinals for the first time in five years. But... I'm sure the Carthage Eagles will definitely have something to say about that. And on a more serious note, Steve, the game significance, I would imagine, bears quite a bit of weight in the West African country that's currently going through a coup just this week. And you never know, in the middle of such strife, a positive result could be a highlight of the day. Yeah, sure. Thanks, Ida. Stay with us. This is Cameroon Roars, brought to you by Passion for Sport, the show coming to you every day throughout the 2021 Africa Cup of Nations, online, on radio, and on our app. To download the app, go to the Play Store or the Apple iTunes App Store and enter Planet Sport Football Africa. 
And our website is planetsport.tv. In the blog section, there Russ Bravo looks at how ordinary teams can beat the superstars, and why some of these smaller teams have punched above their weight in Cameroon due to their cohesion and teamwork, and how we are created for community in life as a whole. That's on our website, planetsport.tv. In the blog section. Let's go to social media now. You're always welcome to give us your thoughts on the competition. We heard from Jao, who's in Morocco, giving his quarter-final predictions, saying the Gambia, Burkina Faso, Egypt, and Senegal will make it through. And Suleiman Sonko in the Gambia says it's the Scorpions with the best route to the final. Remember, in qualification, we finished ahead of Gabon on goal difference, and in the tournament's group stage, we finished ahead of Mali on goal difference as well, and we're yet to concede in open play, says Suleiman. Also, we asked, what do you think about penalty shootouts after the drama of three shootouts already at this edition of the Afcon, with Eric Bailly missing for Ivory Coast as they lost to Egypt in the round of 16? We asked, what do you think about penalty shootouts? Are they fair? Are they the best way to decide knockout ties? What about those players who miss their penalties? And as Sedeko Suno from the Gambia says, yes, it's fair to have these penalty shootouts if teams can't be separated after 120 minutes. And he says the players who miss penalties should be encouraged and motivated, and know that penalties really are a game of luck. Yeah, sure. Thanks for that, to Sideko.、Uh, so there are different views on shootouts. They're exciting, no doubt. They're heartbreaking as well. And、uh, these days, the most straightforward way of deciding a knockout game.、Uh, what are your views, Ida? Well, it's such a complex situation, Steve, and it's so so layered. And I do think that before we get to, you know, whether penalties make sense or not, or whether they're fair or not. Let's first try and understand their origins. So, just indulge me for a bit <laughs> as we dive down into a bit of history. Now, interestingly enough, the idea of penalties was conceived of by a goalkeeper, Steve. I mean, the irony, right? <laughs> In 1891. Now. At the time, it was strictly as a measure of punishment for rule infringement, and not a game decider per se. Now, spot kicks as a way to decide the game. Well, that didn't come into play until the 1970s, and before that, knockout games were decided, you know, pretty much by the flip of a coin or a replay. But Replays would just take a lot of time, too much time actually, and logistics as well. And coin flips were also thought of as too rudimentary, you know. Especially the more the game developed, the more the competitions increased. And Steve, it is important to note that the body that decides on football rules isn't FIFA. It's an entirely separate body, at least whatever "separate" means in this context, and I'll get to that shortly. The body is known as the International Football Association Board. Now, the catch is that FIFA is represented on the board and holds 50% of the voting power. So, of course, that is down to a lot of interpretation. But back to the pitch. Well, the first big competition that used penalties as a decider was the 1976 Euros. Now. That was between、uh, Czechoslovakia and West Germany, which is where the term Panenka originated. After the Czech player Antonin Panenka converted a particularly clever one. <laughs> 
all those tricky panenkas. And then another question: either is there any realistic alternative these days when there used to be replays、uh, on occasions、uh, way back in the past? Right. So, Steve, the validity of the penalty shootout. Well, that's been debated for decades, and those who criticize it have tried bringing forth alternatives. You know, there's been the golden goal, where teams win if they score first in extra time, but it was ditched because you know it encouraged. Too much defensive football. The sides, Steve, were basically too scared of giving a chance to the opposition, and that wasn't too entertaining. Now, another option is a different kind of one-on-one. This is very interesting, where a player starts off from the center circle, dribbling, and has a set amount of time to beat the goalkeeper, who is actually allowed to veer from his line. Now. This definitely, and of course, requires more skill than merely shooting from 12 yards out, and、uh, it was actually used for close to 15 years in the MLS. So <laughs> that was pretty interesting. But Steve, there've been so many options, you know, given out. So many, including even monitoring the rule breakers, you know, where the game goes to the team with less infringements. But Let me just mention a final notable one. So, Steve, the London School of Economics did a study, found that 60% of the time, the team that goes first has been proven to have a slight advantage. So, their suggestion was keep the shootouts, yes, but change the sequence. So, let's say instead of Team A, then Team B, which is what happens, for example, have Team A. Team B, Team B, Team A, Team A. You know, just to change up the psychology a bit. Honestly, this does sound easier to implement than anything else.、Um, but I mean, there are teams that are particularly horrible at penalties, Steve. I don't know whether it's about practice or luck, but in Africa, for example, Ghana, Ivory Coast have been known for their poor penalty taking. In Europe, you look at England, for example, and they've lost seven out of nine tiebreakers at big competitions. Germany, on the other hand, have won six out of seven shootouts in major tournaments. So, are penalties a fair reflection of the game? In my opinion, no. The emotional turmoil that falls on the players who miss, traumatic beyond belief, I can imagine. But it's drama, and for the people at the top. At the end of the day, that's what sells. Oh yeah, always a spectacle are the penalty shootouts, but are heartbreaking as well.、Uh, thanks there to Ida Waringa, African football expert in Nairobi.、Uh, that's it for the show for today. A reminder of the fixtures: the Gambia playing Cameroon at 16 GMT, and Burkina Faso against Tunisia at 19 GMT. The other quarterfinals on tomorrow: Egypt versus Morocco, and Senegal facing Equatorial Guinea.、Uh, from me, Steve Vickers, and Ida Waringa. Thanks for listening. The show's back tomorrow, and Cameroon roars. Is a passion for sport production.